Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Welcome to the 3GIQ podcast. This is Matt Gunlock. I'm joined here today with Jason Byerly and Buddy Brown. Uh, Jason Byerly is the owner of Zoo City Armory. Buddy Brown, he's, uh, he's a shooter for Pure Gold Chokes. He's been in the three-gun community for, I don't know, since World War II or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Jason, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you got your start in three gun and how Zoo City Armory form up. Um, my name is Jason Byerly. I got started in three gun, probably the same place Buddy did, which was at Tar Heel. Um, he may have got, he is quite older than me, so he may have gotten started maybe right after the Civil War. But um, I definitely, uh, definitely got my start at Tar Heel. That's where the first year before we started doing three gun at our place, um, I started shooting. And, um, so, uh, and then from there we kind of, uh, started shooting at our place, which at the time was called Tri Tactical Training Center. Then it grew into Carolina guns and gear, uh, range and training complex. And then from there, uh, Myself, Chris Brower, and David Holing went together and developed the Zoo City, and we kind of uh, just grew it from there, and um, now we're here. This is where we're at. Buddy, uh, where'd you get your start? Um, I actually, you know, I'm a, I'm a retired law enforcement officer, and I went to a, I'm going to date myself a little bit, I went to a firearms instructor course in 2006, where I was, uh, the instructor was a big USPSA shooter. So that kind of got us, he was, a, he was a big proponent of, of applying, you know, practical shooting in, you know, in the job that we did as law enforcement officers. So I started shooting a little USPSA. We shot um, Tactical Police Challenge, TPC, which, okay. is, which was kind of like three gun with a, a little more rules. And it was a little more scenario based than regular three gun. And you shot it with duty gear. We did that for a few years, me and Heath Clevenger. We're a team from the sheriff's office, and we did that and had some pretty good success, did some fun things. And then that just kind of morphed into what Jason was talking about, where we went on and started shooting uh, three-gun at Tar Heel when, when Tar Heel was, was going real well. And then I just kind of followed Jason as we went along. And we worked together on some other, you know, on some other things together, RO and, and helping run matches. And it's given us a lot of good experience to get us to where we are today. Yeah, I think uh, – I think – the the common theme between the three of us is we all got our three gun startup from Tar Heel Three Gun. I mean that oh, was yeah. that was the original. You know, for oh, me yeah. it was 2014. I think Buddy Brown, you were probably the first person I ever met. Uh, you and Mike Sexton, whenever shooting Three Gun, um, yeah. And you know, I will always say this. You know, to any new shooter and anybody out there. Uh, Three Gun has some of the most fantastic people you will ever meet. 
you know, we're a community and it's a small community, but we all help each other out. Yeah. I mean, where can you go? Uh, last year when I shot Texas three gun, I had never shot with any of them guys before had my shotgun go down on a stage and a guy hands me his dissident and says, here, shoot this for the rest of the match. So that's, that's the kind of community that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, Zoo City Armory, um, you kind of mentioned it. What exactly is Zoo City Armory? Zoo City Armory is the birth child of myself, Chris Brower, and David Hoying. We uh, we were loading ammunition on the side for us to shoot our three-gun matches and um, for a couple other people, and we just decided to start doing it. And it kind of just kind of took off from there. And then the current owner, uh, we leased the range that we're at now. The current owner of the range, who uh, owns Carolina Guns and Gear, decided he wanted to get out of the range business. And for us to keep our match, we had to take over the range and start, you know, running everything. So that's where Zoo City, kind of its birthplace was from, was for necessity of having to have a match because we wouldn't have any more locals around here if we didn't have our match. And then also the loading of ammunition, um, which for us at first obviously was a slow start. But then with the pandemic and everything that's happened, we were able to luckily keep our shooters supplied with ammunition to shoot our local matches and even shoot other local matches in the area. They were able to come in, buy ammunition from us because they couldn't find it anywhere else and go shoot the other locals and majors wherever they wanted to go shoot. And we really didn't raise the price. Um, we, I think at the height of it, we were at 45 cent around for nine millimeter when nine millimeter was selling between 70 and a dollar, you know, around. So we, we tried to keep our competitors in mind and we didn't sell to the outside public. We only sold to our local competitors. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're kind of about was trying to, to, um, make sure our local guys and even anywhere we go, local matches, whether it be Memorial, you know, we helped out Donnie one year with Pro-Am and just, just making sure the community is, is fed and has what they need to keep going. And uh, right now we are, you know, ammunition sales on the general are down, but we're still pumping out ammunition. We still sell it every weekend at our range. And um, we're, we're, slowly keep going with the ammunition. Obviously we can't keep up with the big companies, but we like to have it there. And, uh, you know, people, we have good support and, um, it's been a, it's been a really good experience. And you guys do some other ventures too, right? Laser engraving and other avenues like that. We do. Uh, we do have two laser engraving machines. We have a CO2 laser and a fiber laser and we, we do swag, we do cups, um, stuff like that. Uh, John Sherbert had his, uh, rumble this weekend at Griffin group and we're doing, we're providing his trophies and cups and things for that. And we don't, if we did all of that at once, there's just not enough of us because Chris Brower is, uh, the other business partner, he's a snap on man. So he's during the week, he's on a snap on truck. So we can only do what we can do. And between me building matches every week, because we have a local just about every weekend, um, the major matches I go and help out with and then, you know, loading ammunition. I have to be careful what we focus on. It's just so we stay in business and don't ever task ourselves. Right. No, absolutely. Um, 
All right, so let's get into the meat of this uh, podcast, Battle for the South. Uh, it's coming up mm-hmm. next month, starts on April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Um, did I get that right? April 9th and 10th is for the uh, the main match. The staff shoot is the 7th and 8th. Okay. Um, so what can we expect uh, from the Battle for the South? What you can expect, uh, one is that uh, Griffin Group Security Solutions in Maxwell, North Carolina, the same place that Memorial was at. Um, this year uh, with Memorial, I was given – me and Jason Bennett had complete autonomy on how we built the match. We, did, we, we built it um, however we saw fit. And um, the way Memorial was built, the way the stages were, is a lot of the same ways that we're going to run Battle for the South. I mean, it's just the way I build matches. And um, options-based – uh, technicals out there, all the vehicles that Griffin Group has or, you know, blocks, vehicles. Um, we won't be using the Huey this year, uh, but we will be using the airplane. So we've, we're incorporating as much as we can and also giving the shooters the ability to, instead of a match that says, come here, shoot this, come here, shoot that, to have the options to play to the shooter's strength. Right. So, yeah, no, that's that's one of the things like, you know, I shot one of your very first matches and I think it was probably January of 2016 there at uh, mm-hmm. there in Franklinville. And from the get go, there's options all over the place. You don't have to necessarily shoot your shotgun for certain targets. You can shoot pistol. You don't have to shoot your rifle in every, for everything. You know, you have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to do this with this gun and I'm going to do this with this gun, um, which kind of goes into the question, what goes into a good stage design? For me, I walk the stage, I step out on there and I don't typically plan them, plan them because obviously I can draw it on SketchUp and I can, I can make it look great on SketchUp. But then when I, you start laying it down, the topography dictates what you can and can't do, the angles. Um, so when I get out there just for a local matches, for example, I'll walk into a bay and I'll start thinking about other matches that I've seen on videos and, you know, a position they shot in or something like that. And I was like, ah, you know, I like that. I think I could incorporate that. And then I, it'll just start from the ground there. I'll start building. and it, it literally just pops out of my head how everything just folds out, but I want there to be a symmetry to it. Um, it sounds weird, but it's all of our stages, any stage I build or come up with has a dance to it. Uh, it may have multiple positions to that dance, but it has a dance to it. It has a, a flow to it. And um, obviously, if you you miss a target, you walk past a target or something like that and you get out of sync, you, you're, you're not within that rhythm anymore. But um, I try to set it up where there's multiple ways to run it. And there's, like I said, a rhythm to it. And you can run it if it's a – if you step up to it and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, man, this is – I've got to shoot rifle, then I'm going to go to my shotgun and I'm going to finish with pistol. And the next guy up to you, Buddy Brown, comes up and is open stuff, and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to shoot pistol right here. I'm going to shoot shotgun through here, and I'm going to finish on my rifle. So I try to set it up to look at every division. And if I walk to a stage and after I get done building it, I can't figure out the best way to run it, that's a good stage. If every way looks, multiple ways look like it's going to uh, run about the same time, to me, that's a good stage because then it comes down to executing the guns you know and the guns you're proficient with. Because if, if, 
if I started where I went rifle, shotgun, pistol, but Buddy starts and he went shotgun, pistol, rifle, and it's about the same amount of time, well, then to me, that's playing to the shooter's strengths. And that's giving you the option of not just having to, okay, I've got to go here with rifle. I'm going to have to shoot rifle here. I'm going to have to dump it here. I'm going to have to go to pistol. And then I may be able to shoot pistol a little bit more and then go to shotgun, but I really don't have as many options. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of how I, when I'm building a stage, that's the way I look at it. But I also look at the other stages I've built. I don't want any one stage to be like the other. So as I'm building those stages, I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, well, this one, predominantly everybody's going to start with rifle or I make you start with rifle. And then it just opens up from there. Okay, well, I did that here, so I'm going to do this. Okay, this first stage was a northwest, or I'm correction, uh, east-west stage, going uh, laterally from, you know, right to left, left to right, whatever the case may be. Okay, I'm going to do a, a north-south stage. I'm going to drive you down the range now and work you some stuff in there. Or I'm just going to make it a big conglomeration of stuff, and you can shoot it however you want to. Um, then, of course, obviously, uh, terrain makes a difference. Uh, if it's a jungle run – you don't have a ton of options in jungle runs because usually it's a single lane. You're walking, you're walking that way. And um, topography gives to what you can and can't do. Uh, our, the battle of the uh, South, or correction, battle for the South, uh, all three gun jungle run is going to be, I've built in an option in there to where if you take two well-planned distant shotgun shots and knock down two pieces of steel, you could immediately go to rifle instead of going to pistol. But if you don't, if you don't take those shots or you miss those shots, you can dump right or correction, dump shotgun, go to pistol, shoot pistol for ways, then go to rifle. So that's I'm trying to build as many options in an optionless environment as I can. Uh, so that's that's kind of sort of I mean, that's kind of a long a long explanation. But that's how I build stages. Is, you know, uh, what have I done? What was the last match I ran? The match before that? What can I give that I haven't? given to test their skills nice no that's that's definitely helpful and i know uh some of the listeners are definitely gonna love hearing that specifically like alex Skoking was last night we were on the on the phone talking and he was like oh ask jason you know what goes into a good stage because he's he's getting into the stage design stuff himself and he's starting to do stuff more with quantico shooting club up here because up here honestly we don't have a local three gun match anymore. Um, once IWI, uh, once uh, or I should let me correct that. Once Peacemaker stopped hosting matches, um, that was the closest match within a two hour radius that we could have gone to. Um, so it, it's good that somebody's taken the reins around here and is going to start designing stages and getting matches on the ground for the team to train on. And the another, biggest thing I can tell. Oh, excuse me, buddy. Go ahead. One of the things that we that we talk about too with the with the stage design is we a lot of times we don't end up with a bunch of like what we call a track meet, mm-hmm. where it's like run way over here, run way over there. Like I shoot with Jim Smith, who's pretty in shape and fleet fleet on his feet, you know, and fast on his feet. He'll shoot a stage where he'll run back and forth. I'll shoot the stage where I can work my way from one side to the other using different guns. And our times come out comparable. Mm-hmm. So that's another way of playing to, you know, Jim can run faster than me, but there's a way that I can shoot it where I can keep up with him working across the stage, which yeah. is kind of the kind well, of you're, you're, you're incredibly accurate and you, you, you post up and you move when you have to move. 
Yes. Moving is not my, not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what kind of stages can we expect? Uh, you, you mentioned that we're, we got a jungle run coming. You mentioned we're using the, the airplane um, long range. What, what can we expect from the long range? Right now we have three stages that go to long range. Um, they are one of the stages will have three, three targets past 200 yards. So the first target, let me just pull up my range card real quick and I can actually tell you because um, we did range cards and these are just estimated range cards, but um, we estimated the shooting position and then our, our, um, other stuff is as far as our targetry is not out there yet, but we, this is like I said, just an estimation. Uh, we've got 248 yards. It's a stage five. We'll be starting in the SWAT van on this one. You'll be shooting out of the SWAT van. And um, I won't be making you move left and right, kind of like we did in um, that memorial when I built that. I kind of made you shift inside the SWAT van. You had to shoot on the left side and shift over and shoot on the right. Um, This will just be straight shooting out of it because I have another part of the stage uh, after that. But the distances are 248, 402, and 563. And uh, when we build matches, um, I like to make sure the shooters can hit the targets. Um, This this is a – these guys are purchasing a, a good time. I don't want somebody to leave the match upset that they couldn't hit a target. The target was, you know, a one or two MOA target. So we build our, our stages and our, our matches with three to four MOA targets. Yep. Uh, that's, that's what we like to do. Um, also Griffin group has some wind out there. So, you know, that is, it is very flat, but it does have winds. So it's, it gives you your own unique uh, shooting challenges out there. So, but um, on this stage, like the 248, we'll have uh, a 10-inch target out there. Um, at the 402, we'll have a 12-inch target out there. At 563, we'll have an 18 by 24. So, um, you know, the, the 402, we might have a BC. I've got a couple BCs that I can put out there. It just depends on the targetry I have when I start putting it out. But definitely anything – 500 plus it'll be an 18 by 24 or one of the big huge ipsic size targets that uh griffin group has out there so um another stage we'll have we'll go out to it'll have past 200 yards it'll have four targets 266 367 442 and 565 and on that stage that's stage three the 442 and the 565 will have the big Ipsic style silhouettes at 442 yards and 565 yards. Um, that one you'll be shooting off of blocks. Um, and I've, I'm, we've set up multiple blocks for different heights and different things. So it's a very optional stage of where you want to shoot. You're going to, you can shoot from a low block where you can go to your knees and shoot, or you can shoot from a double block to where you're standing and pushing into the block. We're trying to – I'm trying to give different positions and different styles on each stage. Um, then the next one, this will be stage seven. Uh, this will be out of a Suburban. And the first set of shots that will be out of Suburban will be around 125 yards, 211 yards, and 228. Then you'll shift out of the seat and go prone out of the back, going from 155, 220, 339, 572. 
So we're trying to, we don't want to build too many stages that has too much long range because that, that just wears the shooter out. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's three stages that we're going to long range. And then there'll be the airplane. We're shooting out to 200 yards. The, uh, everything else, every, everything else, it'll be 200 yards and in or a hundred yards and in, um, on everything else. Uh, there's a couple stages we won't shoot past 50 or 60 yards with the rifle, but, um, we're trying not to build too much long range, but just, you know, just that nice little balance. We don't so, want it to be a, we don't want it to be a complete rifle match. You know, we don't, we want it, you know, it's, it's a three gun match. So we want to make sure that everybody, you know, all three guns are kind of equally important. No, absolutely. Uh, know your holds where you need to know them and can't continue going with everything else. Can I, Matt, can I touch on one thing on stage design? Cause I, yep, I, I absolutely. Um, when, you know, and, and a lot of times when you know you, you, you've set a good match and your match is, is, is well received is when you have like one target that kind of everybody's talking about mm -hmm. at the at Memorial last year, it was that one target off the blocks that was yep. out there that everybody swore was an eight inch or that everybody was having a heart. It was like at three 30. Yep. Yep. What was that? What was it? A 10 Jason? It was a, it was a 10 inch. It was a 10 inch, but everybody thought, Oh my God, that thing was like a six. It was so small. You know, everybody struggled with that one target, but it was fun because you had to bear down and you could hit it. Yep. But, you know, when you have a target that, you know, people are like, you know, that are, are talking about it in a positive way, that's, you know, you've got something good going on there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, every match has that one target. Um, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to be here. Um, you know, I, the way whenever we talked on the phone the other day about the airplane, that mm -hmm. sounded absolutely phenomenal. You know, working your way out of the airplane. Yeah, we have to uh, we have to be kind of careful with what we do with airplane. Griffin Group's kind of proud of that, so we have to make sure the guns are we're moving out of the airplane. The guns are clear with the guns, and uh, uh, Buddy came up with uh, that aircraft is the very not I don't know if it's the exact same, but it is pretty close to the one DB Cooper jumped out of. Okay. So it's going to be the DB Cooper stage, and we've got Buddy. Buddy has come up with some pretty cool ideas for it. And uh, we're gonna we're don't want to give away too much, but we're I, I think I think they'll enjoy it. I hope nice. they enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, buddy, I, you're gonna be the range master for the match. Am I right? I am. Me and John Sherbert are gonna share range master duties. All right. So, since you're gonna be the range master, uh, what is the rule sets for the battle for the South? It's we're using the uh, the Zoo City Armory uh, rule set. The same rule set that we used, uh, pretty much the same rule set that we used at Memorial Three Gun. Uh, we, me and Jason, have have done a lot of collaboration, a lot of going over. We took our the basic Carolina, you know, Carolina Three Gun, Carolina Guns and Gear rule set, and then just kind of went through it with a. And we sat for hours on calls, going over that rule set line by line. And I think we've really built a rule set that it benefits the shooter, you know, as much as we can. We, we made sure that there wasn't any, there wasn't any, we're not a big fan of like 180 traps or, you know, stuff that's going to get people DQ'd. If you DQ from one of our matches, you really have to do something to get DQ'd. You know, it's not, there's not any, uh, anything, you know, where, oh, you left the gun and gun and the magazine was touching the magwell, so you're DQ. There's none of, none of that kind of stuff. We try to make it as, as friendly 
towards the shooters as is possible and maintain the level of safety that we need to. Because one thing that we, me and Jason always try to tell each other is that, you know, we're selling entertainment. Mm-hmm. We're selling people entertainment. We're selling them a product and we want them to have a good time and we want them to come back. And, and because of the way that we've done the rules, pretty much if you get DQ'd, anybody that I've had to talk to about getting DQ'd is kind of like, yeah, I messed that up. And, you know, I, I'm not, I, you have very few people that are actually mad about getting DQ'd the way that we have the rules set up. So yeah. you really have to, you know, you have to AD or really break the 180 or have, you know, issues like that to get yourself DQ'd. Plus we try to build the rules. So it's, you know, so it's friendly and it's, you know, and it's good. You know, and, we, you know, we, go on. we changed it. We changed a few things, you know, about pulling guns back out of buckets or things that we thought, you know, why, you know, we had the opportunity to sit down and go over the rules line by line. And, and there were some things in there like, why do we have it this way? Why don't we change? You know, used to be a rule where if you dumped a, if you dumped a gun in a bucket and then you realized that you needed to go and get that gun, if you went back and got the gun, then it was a penalty. So we changed that now to where the penalty is just going back to get the gun. And then you can use it if you want to again, uh, just things like that, you know, just trying to make it as shooter friendly as we can. And, you know, maybe I'm partial because it's where I got my start and everything, but we do have some of the best ROs in, in, in the game. Oh, yes, we, we, we do. We truly do. And, you know, and, and we have ROs that can tell you you're DQ'd and, you know, and, and still get, and still get a hug from somebody even after they DQ. Them. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's a big part is taking, is treating the shooters like their customers yep. and wanting them to have a good time and having the ROs treat them that way. It, and, and you know, the the RO that's DQing somebody doesn't necessarily want to DQ them. Uh, no, like it's you know me being you know me me working multiple matches and everything. If I had to DQ somebody, it's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Yes. This really sucks, but yes. my hands are tied at this point. There's nothing else I can do. And with the with the way our rule set is now, especially now, it. If they do something to get DQ'd, they pretty much, when you tell them to stop, they know, oh, I messed up, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, one of us, if in, in any time that we have that situation, one of us is going to come and one of us is going to come and talk to the shooter afterwards, yeah. you know. And we're telling them, hey, I'm sorry this happened, you know, this was the rule, and, you know, we want you to come back, but you just can't shoot anymore for this match. Yep. And, try to, and try to make it like that. And try to make it real clear that they're, you know, that we want them back. And, and while we're there, I'll also be doing the, the, the scoring and the tablets and all that stuff. So I'll be going around and, and updating the scores and keeping all that stuff going. And we should have, we should have just about, you know, because I, I like to go around as the match is going on and pull the scores out of the tablets and get them up to practice score while the match is going on. So that way, if we had some kind of a problem, at least we'd have those scores, you know, on the practice score main side. So nice. they'll be the scores should be staying pretty pretty up to date as we go through the as we go through the match. And we also do hard copies. And we do hard copies. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. um, another another part of what Buddy was touching on when it comes to this to to the rule set and everything like that. When we built that rule set, we built it to help our ROs work the match. Yep. Um, that way they can that we we're setting them up for success and not failure. Uh, so, um, you know, and the fact that we have, at least in our match, we've got 32 ROs right now. And of those 32, some of the most senior ROs that have been doing this since, 
before the Tar Heel days are, are out there. And they know our rule set. They come and shoot it monthly. Um, they are going to be our CROs. They are uh, – the, the me and Buddy are, are very, very adamant about taking care of our ROs. And uh, supporting them helps them do their job better. And then that, in turn, makes it a more pleasant experience for the shooter. And so, when we put this match out, we we had you know when we put out for the ROs, we figured you know we needed twenty. We figured we needed twenty five ROs. Mm-hmm. So we put out we put out expecting to have twenty five ROs, and we had thirty two sign up within a couple of days. Just you know, people wanting to come work, which is you know, although it's like Jeff, Jason talked about, we you know we take care of the ROs, and they take care of giving us you know good work and, and putting a good match on. Now, uh, as an RO, we appreciate that. Oh, I wasn't uh, talking about you. I, we weren't no, talking about you. you. Oh. <laughs> no, well, you're, and, you're and that's the thing you got to think about now. is, and that's the thing you got to think about is that me and Jason came up being ROs, mm-hmm. you know, RO in stages, and we know how challenging it can be after like day three when maybe you've had a little bit too much to drink the night before and you're still out there running shooters on Sunday afternoon when you're really ready for this match to be over. Bob Osbeck. Bob Osbeck. Osbeck can be one make of sure, those. Make sure Osbeck, make sure Osbeck hydrates. You don't want to be carrying him. He's even yeah. heavier than he looks. Is that who I'm getting paired up with? Uh, we don't know yet. We're still working on the pairings. Uh, we've got I, – I mean, I, if I put all of y'all together, we'd have like Wolin and Archibald and Mastin and you and Osbeck all on the same stage because you all want to work together because I guess you have your little man love thing going on. Okay. So, I, if you could uh, put me with Wiseman, we could probably could do, do that. that too. Yeah. yeah. Me and, Wise, me and Wiseman are a good uh, RO pair. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I can do that. We can, we can, that's probably doable. Okay. Uh, so, vendors on site, who, who do we have coming? As of right now, we have uh, the title sponsor, Christian Arms. They are bringing um, – I'm not sure what they're bringing out yet, but they are bringing out some demo stuff. They want to demo some of their guns and things like that. So they're going to be out there. Um, and really, really, that's it. Uh, Jeremy Swafford's going to be out there. He's demoing his food because um, he's providing the food for the ROs. But, uh, um, and that's another thing. Really, we, that's another thing that's really going to be cool is having Jeremy out there because that takes a little bit off of me and Jason to sure – about having to worry about what we're going to feed the ROs those days. And I'll add, you- to a, I'll, I'll add to a key point on that because this is what we did at the Pro-Am. Um, so for the competitors that do plan on ordering food from Jeremy, he does have a, you know, you can go and order it on your phone. So whenever you're done shooting, you can he'll have the food ready for you mm-hmm. whenever uh, you get get to his food truck. So, yeah, and he's going to do that. He's going to put a menu on each stage, and he's going to do that. And um, so Friday night, uh, speaking of the food and Jeremy, Friday night we are going to do a little get-together at the Griffin Group uh, headquarters where we did the memorial service at for memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have uh, – we're working on maybe getting a band there. Jeremy's going to be there with food, um, and we're going to have – you know, beverages and things like that there that uh, a local brewing company here donated. Um, so we'll – obviously, it's the night before a match. You're not trying to be the, the end of the match. So it's just going to be food, 
camaraderie, come in, talk to each other, um, a little short night of, you know, whatnot. And it's when we're getting the ROs together as well, so the competitors can come in, meet the ROs before the match start, things like that. And then Sunday, starting at lunch, um, Vortex has sponsored uh, a little – Jeremy's going to do a, a lunch for all the ROs. So, I mean, correction, I'm sorry, for all the competitors. So after you shoot your first stage or right before you go shoot your afternoon stage, you come over there. Jeremy's going to be doing, I think he said barbecue, but that might change. Whatever he decides to do, but he's going to have a, a meal there ready for you as, you know, for a competitor nice. and um, free of charge. So oh. that'll be, that'll be leading up to the, uh, the award ceremony. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so speaking about Griffin group, I know most of us have all been there. We all know what kind of facility it is, but for those who haven't been there or haven't even heard of it, what, what kind of facility is it? Griffin group is, they do primarily, they are a law enforcement and military, um, training facility. They do uh, private contracts as well. And they're working on the commercial side. John Sherbert is down there working on the commercial side now to get open enrollment and things like that. So um, that is, uh, they, they have driving courses. Um, I know um, a lot of the Army units come out there for driving courses. They have a road course and all-terrain course. They have vehicles out there that are for, just for that specific pur purpose. They have the Tacomas for the offering or off-road stuff. And then they have regular normal like crown bits and other cars that they use for their own road stuff. Uh, so they do have some, they have the U S marshals come out, they have the FBI, they have several of uh, the groups come out, um, regular army S five, those guys come out. It's they, they host a wide variety of training out there. Um, so if those that are listening, their departments or whatever you're part of are look is looking for something like that. Um, reach out to Matt. I can get Matt, John Sherbert's information and get that squared away and get you guys, you know, maybe make the link up there. But they've uh, they've also are doing uh, their ranges. They're doing the Patriot Games. I think Phil Sapcraft Survival is coming out there doing classes. Uh, Warhog's doing classes out there. There's They've got a bunch of stuff coming on. I think Sherb's got J.J., uh, J.J. Ricasa coming out and doing a class and a few other people. Um, but the facility itself, it's bigger than what we've seen. There actually is several other parts of the facility that most of us don't see. And um, just for an example, where we're going to shoot the night match is actually down by the plane where the plane's at. They're, they have uh, built some bays down there. And that's where the night match is going to be. The the Griffin group battle for the South night match is going to be down there Saturday night. Nice. No, this is going to be awesome. Um, uh, so places to stay around the facility. What do we have available? Lorenberg is right there and they have a wide variety of hotels there from uh, comfort in. Uh, I think it's Holiday a Hampton Inn, Inn Holiday Inn. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I don't know about all the other ones. I know at Comfort Inn, if you mention that you're at Griffin Group and want the Griffin Group rate, they have a Griffin Group rate there. Okay. I don't know how many rooms they have set aside, but there is a Griffin Group rate there. Uh, so, and it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's $89. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a, we're putting all this information in the email and sending it to all our competitors as well, as well as the, the ROs. Uh, but, 
I, I may have already sent that to the ROs. I have to look back at my email, but um, we're going to put that out to the competitors as well. As far as food goes around the area, uh, Lorenberg has a, a multitude of food, Mexican restaurants. Um, it's a Waffle House. There's, you know, all the, 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 the normal chain stuff's there, the McDonald's and Wendy's and Taco Bell's and, and things like that. It's about 15 minutes away from uh, Griffin Group. Okay. And uh, sponsors. Who do we have? Uh, Christensen Arms is the title sponsor. Vortex is another major sponsor that's helping out. Uh, who else do we have? Right now, locked in, we have – give me a second. And, and one thing that Jason was – while he's looking at that, Jason was telling me this week, you know, with the long-range stages we have, Vortex is sending us out tripods and binoculars and um, spotting scopes and all for us to use on the long-range stages, which is going, which is always helpful. Oh, no, and absolutely. I, 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 you know, I've been to some matches where they don't give the ROs spotting scopes or binos, and it's like they have to spot long range stuff. And I mean, that's work for the RO. Or, yes. you know, luckily, you know, most ROs, they know the deal. So they bring a lot of their own stuff with them. But it's like, and, and make, and make the ROs life earlier. And, and that's really good of Vortex to, you know, take care uh, of you guys like and, that. And, and one thing that we, we preach to our ROs, and I think most of ours have got it, and you've, you've probably heard me say this before too, Matt on a stage, if you think he hit it, he hit it. Yep. The benefit always goes to the shooter. The tie yep. goes to the runner. If mm -hmm. you think it was a hit, it was a hit. You know, give yep. it to him and move on. Yep. So definitely. Well, we're going to have – the long range charge is going to have magnetos on there, magneto speeds. Uh, Travis from Vortex is sending uh, after multi-gun nationals get done, they're going to pack those up and send them down to us. And we have some magneto speeds. So we'll have magneto speeds on anything, any long range target is going to have magneto speeds on it. Or if it's a target that's hard to see and make a call on, we're going to have magneto speeds on. Um, but they fail to, they can knock, you can knock the rubber piece off or whatever the case may be. So there will be Travis from Vortex sent us, like Buddy said, I've got a big old box in here with 70 pounds of tripod, <laughs> spotting scope and binoculars. And, uh, Travis was amazing and shout outs to, uh, Vortex for doing that, uh, helping us out with that. They, they really, really, that really helps out a bunch for us. Um, but going into the sponsors. Uh, we've got Hunter's Gold, Magpul, uh, Timber Creek, obviously Vortex and Christian Arms. Uh, Dissident has come on, um, U.S. Optics, uh, Red Center Bell. And um, I'm still waiting on confirmation on a few others like Grey Ghost. Uh, IWI is coming on. Um, who else? Uh, we're, we're still waiting on confirmation on a few others. It's being our first year, we're not – we're not established yet. We don't. We we're, we're we're we don't have the market space yet to to demand the the RO. I mean, I'm correction the uh, the the sponsorship that we normally would. But we're doing everything we can to to make sure it's a good table, not only for the uh, shooters but for the ROs as well. Yep. Um, you know, we want to make sure everybody is happy when they they leave our match. And, and speaking of prize tables and ROs, so the ROs are going to have their very own prize tables separate from the regular competitors. And the scores are going to be separate from the regular competitors. That way, that way there is no conflict of interest. And, you know, 
every it's going to be almost an entirely different match just shooting the same stages for the ROs compared to what it is for the competitors. It, it it's completely. actually going to be the exact same match, but it's just the, for competitive equity right now, it's just, it just makes more sense to have the ROs shoot their own separate match. Right. That way a competitor, if they don't like a call, can't come up to come to an RO or come to Buddy or Sherb and then end up to me because I'm the match director and say, well, he made this call because, you know, where he's going to finish. Well, where he's going to finish doesn't matter because he's shooting a hold on the stage. So let's move on to the, you know, let's move to the next issue. Let's, 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 we, yep. we remove that from being an issue. And, yep. and one of the things too is a lot of times what can happen at matches is, you know, you get it all built and you don't realize there's something that you're going to have to change because of the way it flows or something that happens. And by having this set, completely separate match, the ROs can shoot it one way. We can decide, hey, this would run a lot smoother if we move this target or move this position or did something. We can do that, and now all the ROs don't have to shoot the stage again. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows us to – it allows us to because it's its own – the RO matches is its own thing that doesn't have any, any weight on the main match, then we can make those adjustments to make the main match run better without screwing the ROs and making them shoot the stage two or three times. No, that, that, that's we, smart. We've all seen that happen in matches. Yep. You know, absolutely. It happened in Memorial this year. We had to adjust the stage. We had already had all the ROs shoot through it, and we adjusted the stage in the row. One stage, one stage, and all the ROs had to reshoot it. We had to work our way through that. Um, so we just kind of eliminate that by letting them have their own table, their own, their own stuff. And it just, it fixes itself long story short, but as long as the ROs have competitive equity within the match, they're shooting. So everybody shoots at the same and the competitors have competitive equity because they're shooting the, the same match as every other competitor. That's what's important to us. Now. Oh, awesome. And we're going to strive, you know, we're going to, we're going to strive if we because part of it's built already. And we're going to try to finish it up. You know, we're not shooting for score, but me and Jason and Sherb may go out and shoot the stages before the ROs do, just to kind of see how it's going to flow and what's going to, how it's going to work and things are going to, you know. And, and maybe we identify something there that needs to be changed even before we get the ROs in there. So we're really wanting this. So by the time that the main competitors get there on Friday, a lot of times where, what I've seen where matches run into problems is where the first shots on the stage are the first shooter, the first, you know, paid shooters on Friday afternoon or Friday or Saturday. And then that can run into problems for you where we'll have already proofed these stages several times before the main competitors get there. Awesome. Which I think it's, which I think we should add to the, you know, should add to a, a better experience for the, for the main shooters. So uh, award ceremony, uh, what can we expect from that? Um, uh, what how's it, go ahead. How, how's it going to go? Uh, where's it going to be at? It's going to be at the main headquarters building, uh, the same place as the memorial service was for memorial. Uh, that that's going to be where it's at, and um, we are doing it for the top twenty five percent, kind of like memorial did. Um, the same for each division, and then um, so instead of the random draw bra- random draw bags, where at the end of memorial, we're going to do those at registration. So. You don't have to come in on Friday at registration. You can come throughout the weekend. We'll have somebody sitting there at the registration table and you can come up and you're going to draw a, uh, a ticket out of the, a hat and it's going to be completely random. So that way there's no way that anybody can know what is in the bag you're grabbing and you're going to come up and they're going to hand you your bag to you and 
that way at the end of the match, if you didn't make the top 25%, you can go on home if you would like. Yeah. And so that's. And Matt, Matt, we are going to have a ban on Kiwi uh, moonshine at the, at the prize table, just so you're aware. Oh, thank you. I don't, I don't need any. We're not going to bring any of that. <laughs> I'll just bring bourbon. <laughs> we don't need to le- relive and, you know, revisit past events. <laughs> that we may or may not remember yes exactly but a good time was had by all yes (laughs) but no guys i really appreciate this uh i'm looking forward to it i think everybody that's going to be involved is looking forward to forward to it and everybody that's going to be competing is going to have a really great time uh so thank you for all the hard work that both of you are putting into this um real quick you Go back to your uh, – you were asking a question about when I build stages and that your, your local guy wanted to ask the question about building stages. Uh, what I like to do, uh, like I said, is I like to watch other matches. They're all over Instagram and Facebook and all that. And I watch how the stage is built. Um, I get a lot of inspiration actually from USPSA stages mm-hmm. uh, because other than the fact that a lot of USPSA stages are built, come here, shoot here, come here, shoot here, come to this port, shoot to this port – there's a lot of in- other interesting things you can pick up from it. And depending on the size of bay he's got, depending on the terrain he's got, you can take a lot of their stages and convert those into three-gun stages um, by just moving a wall, doing some stuff, opening up a wall instead of creating a port, keeping a wall open and allowing you to move and shoot at the same time. And 55-gallon barrels are a match's best friend, mm-hmm. you know, a match builder's best friend. Um, they will protect your walls. They will, you know, absorb shotgun blasts instead of snapping your walls in half. Uh, so I've we just purchased another sixty barrels to have out there. Um, so we're we're making sure that the barrels are there one to, to obscure targets where we need them to obscure, but also to protect the walls and force positions and 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 do what I want the shooter to do, as well as protect all of our props so we can continue to use those props. So. Um, you can be pretty sure that if we build a if we build a shooting area, you're going to use all of it. Yeah, if there's if there's fault line, if there's fault line, you're going to that fault line. If there's a corner somewhere, <laughs> you're going to go to that corner. So anybody that's never shot any match that we've built, um, you know, uh, a lot of my local guys have a running running joke that if there's a barrel out there, you better go look behind it. Um, that's that's a true statement. Yep. And sometimes uh, me and I'll put a barrel out there just to mess with you, just to make you go. <laughs> um, but uh, there's intent behind every stage. It's not, I don't have you just to shoot the shoot. There's intent. There is a design to it. Um, and it, like I said, it can be shot in multiple ways. And, um, you know, that's, that's where I, I think our match gets separated uh, a little bit just because, of the creativity and, and whatnot. And it helps to have the Jason Bennett's, the Buddy Brown's, you know, the John Sherbert's, the people I can bounce ideas off of and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Because I have a way of building things and it's in my mind, how it should be built. However, it's not always the right way or the best way. And so like Jason Bennett, he'll say, Hey man, what, what do you think about doing this? And let's put this here. And, oh, that's a great idea. I, I, I didn't even look at it from like that. So Having somebody else to bounce ideas off of is paramount when building stages. That way you don't get wrapped up in the same building, the same thing every time because your mind gets locked into that direction. 
and we shoot enough of other people's matches that you know we you know it's 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 truly flattering you know to see something that we do end up in somebody else's match and we're not above going to somebody else's match and them doing something and us being like well that was really cool let's incorporate that into one of our matches and that's that's good to see throughout the community you know other people you know sharing and using each other's stuff that they come up with Oh, we're doing that. We're copying, uh, you know, to give props out to Aaron Hayes and Garrison. Uh, we're going to, they had that, uh, forget what they called it. I'll have to look back. We're calling it the dead man target. In the plane, you're going to shoot. It's going to be really close. It's going to be 50 yards. It's going to be a full size Ipsit. But you're, when you're shooting the plane, you're going to shoot, you're going to drop the magazine and fire that last shot at that dead man target, which you, it was almost impossible to miss. Somebody if you do miss, it you, can, if oh, you do miss it, you can reinsert the magazine. Uh, rack one in, drop the magazine out, fire that last shot. And what that does essentially is, is clear the gun. And that was an excellent idea that uh, Aaron Hayes and uh, Garrison come up with to get you to be able to re-sling the gun and go through the stage to use the gun in another position. And we're going to do that in the aircraft. Um, that was a, a great idea. Um, Benning, uh, which I had already had this idea before Benning, but um, their use of the breach doors. Um, we uh, obviously Griffin group, that's what they do down there. They have all kinds of units coming in breaching, doing breaching charges and things like that. So we have breach door frames that are ready to go that all we have to do is screw a door into it. We're going to have a breach door and it's going to be set up like Benning's. Um, you know, you're going to have the shoot the stick. You're going to stand in the box, shoot the stick and the door will automatically open. You won't have to touch the door and you'll go in and go to work. And um, so, you know, we, like Buddy said, we like to go to other matches, see ideas, because that's the only way the sport's going to grow, And you know, is, is, is getting ideas off of each other, working with each other and, and bouncing ideas and trying to get along and, and, and communication. And, you know, if, if it weren't for the fact that we have so many majors in the, mat, in, in the South now, um, I'd be going to Texas again this year, but we have so many majors now that, yeah. that are in the South that I kind of have to, you know, stay here for that. Um, definitely be going to Benning again next year. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see how the rest of the, everything else plays out. Definitely is. So, so open guys know the holdover on your dots for your, uh, open shotguns for shooting that door. Mm. Yeah, I, wa I watched Don Bryson fire about seven shots at it and didn't even touch the wood. Luckily, luckily there was a re – I got a reshoot because I shot like a half a mag at it the first time and couldn't couldn't break the stupid stick. I remember watching that. And then whenever I saw that you were getting that reshoot, I was like, all right, he's going to he's gonna fix this. And then, Yeah, and I broke it on the first shot the next time. So yep. it, was, it was terrible. So it was that, was – that was pretty wild. But, yeah, I think we're going to have a great match. Um we got a bunch of open shooters in the match, so we got a bunch of open. Uh, did we talk about carry optics, Jason? Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, real quick on the carry optics division. So give you a, a breakdown on what we've got. You're good. So man. we're still good for time, Matt? Yep. Okay. So we decided this year, which we had already been doing at our local match, carry optics has become, in USPSA, has become the biggest division. And we've had – I had a bunch of guys coming up to me about a year and a half ago saying, man, I, I really wish I could run my, you know, my Glock. It's got the carry optic on it. You know, is there any way you can do this, you do that? And I sat down, a buddy and I talked about it. 
And I've, me and Travis Vogel have had really long conversations about it. Um, and we have different but the same ideas. And so a year and a half ago, uh, before Travis and I had discussion, Buddy and I had discussion. And we said, hey, what, let's just add another division. What's it going to hurt? We've got guys who run carry optics for multiple reasons, whether they can't see well, whether they, their, their unit uses it, they're an officer that uses it, whatever the case may be, or it's just the new, the new fad. They want to run it. But they've been running tack ops for the past 10, 15 years. So instead of making them buy anything else new, and they've already bought the carry optic pistol, we just created a division, carry optics division, that allows for a carry optics pistol, which is a slide-mounted uh, RMR on or optic on the pistol between that's mounted between the ejection port and the uh, rear of the gun. It's, it's essentially the same rules as USPSA as far as where the optic is mounted. It cannot be a frame-mounted optic. Um, the difference in the USPSA rules is we allow mag wells in 2011s. So mm -hmm. um, the gun is basically this, uh, it has no ports, no, no uh, comps or anything on it. And it's running, and our, the rest of the division is a tack ops division. So carry optics pistol, tack ops shotgun, tack ops rifle. And we have in our local match this past weekend, we had just as many carry optics as we did open. I think there were 14 or 17 carry optics, 14 or 17 open, and like 14 or maybe 19 TAC ops guys. And so it has, our, that division has grown significantly just in our local matches. And the major match right now, we've got 47 TAC ops, 25 carry optics, and 41 open. Uh, and four heavy. Uh, so, um, so yeah, there's, I, I think it's a growing sport. I know Travis want, with JKM and stuff, they're wanting to do something very similar. Um, he's looking at something called a modified division. Uh, I won't go into too much detail about that, but they're, they're doing something kind of similar to that, to carry optics. Uh, we're going to see how it goes. And Travis and I are going to talk about going into 2023 year, what, what we may do with that. But as of right now, uh, carry optic division is is uh, is on our on our plate. We're we're doing that. I believe Donnie said he was going to do it for the pro am and maybe his Toriel challenge. I'm not sure. Um, I can't speak too much to his matches because I'm not 100. percent But I believe he said he was. Um, but that's that's kind of how our, our our divisions are set up: tack ops, carry optics, open and heavy. Um, so. Um, I really don't know what else more to touch on that. Um, if there are any questions, any of you guys that are coming to shoot, just hit us on the email and we'll be glad to answer it. And uh, pretty much everything is allowed that I just said, except for, you know, obviously the gun cannot have a comp on it. Um, and it, it can't be an open gun. Long story short, it can't be an open gun. It, you know, 140 millimeter mags. It's 140 just, millimeter mags. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's a carry optic ton. You can't have any port. Yep. You can't have any of that stuff. Typically and, limited, and, limited with the dot. Yes. Yes. Limited with a dot would be the, the, the mat way of describing it. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and it lets Limited. guys, you know, it lets guys shoot the, shoot the fun pistol and then still not have to, not have to try to buy open gear, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not, they're, their eyesight and their, and their knees aren't completely gone yet. And they still want to shoot some, some tack ops with their, with their dots. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I'll, 
put the, your guys' email address in the show notes. That way, if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you. And uh, yeah, no, appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Glad you invited us. Glad we were able to get the information out to, you know, the people, you know, it's, it's, it seems like, you know, it seems like we just started doing this, planning this match, you know, like we came up with this idea. It seems like it hasn't been that, you know, it seems like it was a long time ago and it's almost time, you know, we're within a month. Yeah. Of, you know, the match going live. So we're, we're getting there. So it's, uh, it's, uh, lot a little bit of work left to do but we'll be we'll be fine and we're gonna have a great match for people to come to awesome mm -hmm. well i appreciate it and thank you for listening um camping did we need to did we touch on camping uh yes if guys you know if, uh, you we spoke about hotels but if guys want to camp uh reach out to our email match at zoocityarmory.com and we will get you squared away with john sherbert and he will uh, uh get all that done it is primitive camping um, as far as there is no electric hookups, there's no black water dump. However, there are, there is a company that comes around and dumps your black water and replenishes your water. So we do, uh, it's, it's a fee. I don't know what the fee is. I think last year at Memorial might've been like $35 or something like that. Yeah. No, I think and, that's what it was. That's what me and Bob paid. Yeah. And it was, they come around, dump your black water and, uh, get your, uh, get you some fresh water. So, um, but that's the uh, that's the camping situation. There are a couple of camping areas around there, but they're not crazy close. Um, and they're not you, crazy nice either. They're 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 okay. They're they're okay. They're and they're probably booked out. They they were booked out when we left Lucky last year and got a got one. So, um, but yeah, on site we we can stay on site and um, and whatnot. Just reach out to us. Awesome. And hopefully I won't come up with anything else to talk about, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I'm sure everybody else appreciates it as well. Uh, but thanks for listening and have a good day.